Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another really nice day it's yeah, a little warm but i mean excellent i mean just another dry day that's one thing we haven't had any rain for a while and doesn't look like we're going to get any for the for the near future but uh that, that's not all bad but welcome in everybody hope your weekend went well <sighs> I, I will say um quite a few teams that i was pulling for came close uh but didn't but didn't win uh over the weekend and uh, we, we'd love your thoughts on the weekend. You know, how, how did things go for you? I mean, here we are. Uh, Auburn went into the match against Georgia as a two-touchdown-plus underdog. They lose it 27-20 to 20, uh, with Georgia scoring in the latter half of the ball game, then uh, stopping Auburn on their final possession and holding off the Tigers 27-20. to 20. Very tough loss. Auburn played so well throughout. Georgia made plays when they had to, especially down down the stretch. I'm here in the studio. Dan will be checking in. Uh, he's he's got a uh, uh, a meeting that he has to be attending at around five, but he's going to be checking in uh, on his way to that meeting. I believe he'll be skyping in. And we'd love for you to join in on the phones. I think I believe Brian Matthews should be joining me here in the studio as well um, here on this Monday. So looking forward to talking to B-Matt, who, of course, is with AuburnSports.com. Get his thoughts on this past Saturday. And, and you know, it was also a huge day for recruiting for, for every sport uh, at Auburn that we have as a family. And those seats happen to be across from a recruiting section. And, uh, you know, I, I, get, I get reports sometimes from, uh, from my family as to who's there, uh, you know, former players, recruits, coaches, things like that. In the uh, pregame, um, we, we walk in. Usually I'll walk in. My wife and I'll go to our seats. I'll sit there with her for a while. Then I'll go into the press box. And while I was there, Jeff Graba came in, and so I was asking, uh, talked with him for a little while, and he said it was a their their biggest recruiting weekend. They had nine prospects coming in, you know, some for upcoming, but but some for uh, years, you know, seasons ahead as well. And he was saying, you know, it was a great day, just um, really excited to get some prospects in, and looking for. A good atmosphere. Good atmosphere, my goodness. It was a great atmosphere. It was loud. And with the ball game not decided until late, the crowd was still there. I mean, it was packed at the end of the ball game. Uh, I saw 
um, our former colleague and, and, and Auburn assistant baseball coach Gabe Gross at halftime. And he was talking about some of the players they had in, and we talked a little bit about his observations of the first half. And then uh, while I was there, because I'll usually go down at halftime to just check on everybody, see every, how everything's going. Uh, talk to Gabe for a little bit and turn around and there's Stan White looking for his family. So, I mean, it's funny. I was, got to talk to a couple of former Auburn quarterbacks about what they were seeing there during the game. Um, again, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that, on anything going on. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can text us on the Drive text box brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number, 334-564-1840. Let's bring Dan in. As I mentioned, he's got a meeting coming up uh, in a little less than an hour, but uh, joining me here at the beginning of the show. Dan, how was the weekend? It was, it was, an, it was an outstanding weekend uh, in Auburn. You know, just so much life, so much celebration, even with Auburn not winning the game. Like, th- this is a weekend that sort of shows you, I mean, Kirby Smart had comments about, you know, the, the specialness of, of Auburn and the Auburn-Georgia rivalry, and I think it was on full display uh, this weekend. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, I hope, uh, I know there's some, some comments from Hugh Freeze today that sort of call into question whether or not this thing is going to stay yearly. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about there, Bill, but... You know, Hugh Freeze said something along the lines of, I'll miss playing Georgia every year or, or something in, in yeah, response. Yeah, he, he had those question. comments. He had comments after the game about, don't oh, yeah. know, you know, not, not being sure. Be, because we don't know. We've assumed that we're going to a nine-game conference schedule after next year. We do know that Georgia's on the schedule next year. I think all of us, I mean, in the media, and I think most people have been assuming we're going to a nine-game conference schedule but I think what Hugh is saying is, hey, it's not a done deal. There's no guarantee we're going to a nine-game conference schedule. If you do, if you, I mean, if you don't and you stay with an eight-game schedule, then Alabama's going to be that one permanent opponent. Did we lose, Dan? You know, it, it's Bill, it's amazing. It's amazing that on Fridays, on Friday's show, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, got you. It's, breaking up it's a little remarkable bit. that on Friday's show, okay, so, so, you know what? Hey, let me let me try it on the phone line. Let me let me try it on the phone line. I'll, I'll call you guys right back. All right. Well, I tell you what. And while you're doing that, we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the phone line. And Jack is up. Hey, Jack. Hey, Bill. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you fine. Good deal, Bill. I'll tell you what. You hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, it always hurts to lose a game like that in the final minutes. But I tell you what, walking out of Jordan Harris Stadium after that game, that that is as proud as I've felt in a long time. And it was so refreshing to finally see an Auburn team just not lay down and see their manhood absolutely get taken away by Georgia and to watch Auburn just absolutely hit Georgia in the mouth the way they did. I mean, that's the, that's the best game Auburn's played against Georgia since 2017. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, you're absolutely right, since the first game in 2017. Uh, and, and it was. Uh, I, I know there was some frustration and some people, you know, calling out different, uh, different folks for this and that. But you look back at it, and it is – it is reminiscent of, uh, you know, of the feeling that, that we had. Uh, I'll go all the way back to 1981 when, when Auburn was facing a Herschel Walker, Georgia team, and, you know, that was coming off a national title the year before as well and held Herschel down for, uh, for most of the entire ballgame. And he wasn't the reason that Auburn lost, but it was another tough loss. And you just knew that, hey, this, this, is, 
this program's heading in the right direction. We just got to get some more players. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's still, it's going to be an uphill battle for Auburn a lot of these remaining games, especially, you know, in Baton Rouge in two weeks. But uh, there's no doubt that, that this thing's going in the right direction. And, you know, when Auburn upgrades its receiving core and gets a dominant edge rusher and a few other positions, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be something special to watch. But uh, just something the most – I can't really complain a whole lot, but if I had to pick one thing Saturday, and I'll, I'll hang up and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Bill. You remember the the drive late in the second the, the second quarter where Auburn was moving it and oh, yes. had run a couple of plays on first and second down and then it was third and one and Auburn brought Peyton Thorne back in and got stuffed those two plays. Could you just maybe comment on that and you know maybe what the thought process was with Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery and why they brought Thorne back in? Uh, thanks. Always great to talk to you, Bill. Great hearing from you, Jack. Yeah, and I tell you what, he was like reading my mind when he was talking about the positions that Auburn needs to upgrade. And we got Dan back with us on the phone. And, and Dan, yes, Dan, Dan and I were seated next to each other in the press box and more than a little surprised when we saw Peyton coming in on third and one. And, uh, and then, of course, Auburn runs the ball two straight plays on third and fourth and one. Of course, on fourth down, Dan, it was a high snap, one of a few that we saw there in the ball game. Hugh Freeze was asked about it after the game. Didn't really, <clears throat> didn't really go into a lot of you know, detail or explanation on those decisions. But yeah, in hindsight, um, I still wonder exactly what what the thought process was. Well, I think there, I think there are two questionable decisions on that third down. You, there's the, the decision to bring Peyton back in, and then the decision to run the play that they decided to run with Peyton back in, right? And I think they're both, it's fair to wonder if it was the move. I'm thinking if it's goal, if you if you know it's four down territory, maybe you don't run on third knowing that you can run on fourth. You can't take a sack, but if you're bringing Peyton Thorne back in, maybe a play action pass or something else well, that, other than the two straight runs. That, that was something I was wondering about. Well, that's something I, I said, I, yeah, it's something I said yeah. in the press box, you know, of course, after, and it's always easy to be that after the play you know, second guesser, but if you're bringing Peyton in, why not throw it? Why not throw it on third and one? And I understand that the fourth down play timing got completely disrupted by the high snap. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze said they had they had a great play called, but they couldn't they couldn't run it because of the high snap. Well, uh, you were hoping you'd do something else on third down. I, I mean, you know, I, I hated not having points before the half. Um, to not take the lead into halftime. But the fact, Bill, the fact that we're talking about individual plays from this game that could have that could have maybe made a difference in the outcome. Yeah, you couldn't do that I mean, the last few times Auburn and Georgia have played, could you? No, no, no. Do, you, do you know, I, I sent this stat to Ferguson last night that blew his mind. So Georgia, since the start of the 2021 season, Bill, Georgia has played 18 regular season SEC games. Eight and twenty-one, eight and twenty-two. They've now played two this year. Right. They've won them all, eighteen and zero. They are. They've sixteen of them were won by more than ten points. Mm-hmm. They've only played two single-digit SEC games since the start of the twenty-one season. Last year they beat Missouri by four points. Saturday they beat Auburn by seven. Those are the only one-score games. Georgia has played in the last three years in regular season conference play. And for Auburn in year one, 
to be able to put up that kind of fight. I know, it, it, you know what it reminds me of a little bit, Bill, is the, I mean, you could look at the 21 Iron Bowl and say, you know, it, the, the curse of losing a game really close when you're seemingly overmatched is that we're talking, you don't get credit for nearly winning the game. No. You get judged for individual decisions that, that could have actually won you the game. And so might, yeah, you know, that's the thing. You don't, you don't, don't know. Lose, yeah. I don't want to lose perspective of how impressive Saturday was for Auburn and, you know, a suggestion of things to come. Do you remember, and I'm not saying this is the same thing, another, you know, look back at history. Do you remember Saban in his first year at Alabama when they took LSU to the wire? The year LSU went to the national championship game. LSU LSU won in overtime in Alabama in Saban's first year. But it was a it was a sign immediately that this thing is going to get closer and maybe even you know you, you could see the wins and losses change in this rivalry soon. That's the that's the energy I came out of that game with, Bill. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the feeling that folks Auburn folks should have. Uh, I told I told some folks today. I said uh, you know you're, the hurt's not going to go away, but the the pride should be there too, and the 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 excitement looking ahead to the future. Dan with us uh, on the phone. Brian Matthews has uh, just made it into the studio. Brian, a um, what what a show it was Saturday for the fans for recruits. Uh, I thought the atmosphere. You know, some folks complained that it wasn't a night game. I don't know that it could have gotten a whole lot louder than it did Saturday, no matter what time of day or night. I cannot say enough about the support this team is getting. I'm not just talking about the Georgia game, but you can go back to UMass and the way that stadium filled out and the noise for a game that I've been to plenty of non-conference games. And Auburn fans usually show up, and I like that. And um, I thought Georgia was special. I thought the students did a fantastic job getting there early and Mm -hmm. being into the game the entire time. Uh, It was a great atmosphere. It's it's a shame it wasn't at night. I'm not gonna lie, but it it was it was um, a really they made they made that a tough place for Georgia to play. Auburn played their tails off. I thought yes, they did. Um, you saw improvement from the um, you know the problems of a week ago, and you also see a lot of room to get a lot better over the coming weeks. And you know they got two weeks to prepare for a trip to LSU, which is you know a place they've won once in a quarter century, but you know LSU has their own issues. They do, but uh, well, well, we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that later. But uh, but yeah, a lot to be very proud of, uh, and and to to be excited about, even in a loss. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't like the moral victory thing right. either. But uh, as Dan was saying, I mean, Georgia Georgia's not used to to playing games that close, and the last few times. We were just talking. I mean, the last last few times these teams have played, there hasn't been like if this play or that play. It's been sound yeah. beatings. And Georgia's not used to getting beat at the line of scrimmage, and that's what Auburn did to them in a lot of ways. The um, 219 rushing yards for the most in SEC games since 2018. 18. Yeah, and the 107 yards that Auburn held Georgia to rushing was their least since 2020. So that tells you the job that Auburn did mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage. Marcus Harris. And that offensive line deserve a lot of credit, but they all do. They all they all played their tail off. And uh, you you brought it up, but the recruiting, um, just the number of prospects there, the feedback we got from all of them. We've talked to more than a dozen already. 
uh, was very, very positive uh, about the future of this program. And the, the path from Auburn going from um, struggling to competing for championship is not going to be a straight line, right? There's going to be bumps sure. in the road, and this is one sure, of them. Sure, because you're going to lose a lot of players after this year, and yep. even even if you have a great recruiting class, you'll have a lot of young guys yep. next year, that, and a lot of newcomers exactly right. next year. That's right. So there's going to be more bumps in the road this year and next year. But if they continue to this, get this kind of support, they continue to uh, kick this kind of behind in, in, the, in recruiting and continue to bring these type of players to Auburn and eventually get them committed and sign them, this program is back on its way up to competing at the top of the SEC, which is the top of the country. Dan, how long are you with us? I can go for the next couple of segments. I'm probably going to be unavailable after five, but as long as the long as the cell service holds up, I can uh, I can hang out. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we during the break try back? We'll try back and see if we can get a better connection on Skype. That way, we can take calls as well, and uh, we'll get to our first break. We'll be right back. Love for you to join us here on the Monday Drive. Noble here would The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Uh, oh, in case you were tuning in earlier and wondered what happened um, to on the line, Jacob, Jacob, uh, under the weather. So, uh, he was, he was not in, so there was no on the line today. And we, uh, we hope, we hope he has a speedy recovery and gets back. I know he wants to share his feelings about, uh, Saturday and everything else as well, but that's what was going on there. It's Bill here in the studio with Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Dan is Skyping in. And we've got Dak on the phone line. Let's uh, let's let's bring everybody in, starting with Dak. Hey, Dak. Hey, guys. Good to hear you, boys. This day, beautiful day. Oh, it is. Uh, uh, you know, I know everybody's still trying to get over Saturday, but I, I was I could say that I'm really happy with our coaching staff. What a great job they did, uh, both on all phases. Uh, I think Thorn did a great job. I think he deserves a lot of credit after taking a bashing that he did the week before. I agree. And, and uh, I've heard a lot of people saying, well, you know, 84 yards pass and just throw him out. And it's like, it should have been a whole lot more than that. And it didn't, right. it didn't need to be a ton more than that. Really. We were just talking here during the break. And, um, th- there were, there were a few passes that you felt could have, should have been caught. Right. And if a couple of those, well, a couple of, you know, two or three are, and he's, 13 or 14 for 19 for 140 yards, Auburn wins comfortably. That's right. I counted five drops, uh, four uh, being uncontested and hit them right in the hands, and and I averaged up the yardage he would have finished with 164 yards if those cat, or if those balls are called. And when you're running uh, for two-something against Georgia, yep. that would be plenty. Yep. That, that's right. And, and, you know, with the big drop uh, was the fate down the sideline around the 10-yard line in the fourth quarter, that was huge. And, you know, you know, you look across the country and whether it's Alabama or, you know, Tennessee or whatever, playmakers make their play. LSU, I was, I was just watching SEC games and seeing the catches being made all across the conference and just going, man, that's right. Well, well, if number 19 can catch three balls one handed, we, we ought to be able to catch the ball when it hits us in the chest, you know? And, uh, you know, but look, 
that that's one area where we definitely are already going to be better in the future with the guys that's already committed, and I think we'll get several more. Uh, and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, the one thing that I, you know, will uh, say about when we went for it on fourth and one, which I don't question that, no. but I do question going heavy because we have not proven all year that we can go heavy and get a yard or two. Uh, I wish we'd have stayed spread out and kept our corners and our linebackers spread out and then left Robbie in with the threat of running to the outside. And I think that would take, you know, at least it would have put seven in the box and not nine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. Yeah. So, but, uh, and then, you know, I, I saw where uh, the defense coordinator, you know, had to come in on Twitter and, and uh, he probably regrets that today, but, but, you know, I saw earlier in the game where they were bracketing him. What I would have liked to have seen was a guy in his face disrupting his route, uh, especially in the second half. Um, He's but, been, you know, he, he is so, so good. Uh, my, my only thought was the, o- the only way maybe to keep him from getting the ball is to send somebody extra after the quarterback, see if we can, you know, well, take a chance. Well, they, bracket him, want... they bracket him with a linebacker, and a guy that big with that kind of speed, that that don't to me that don't hurt a guy like that. I wish we'd have put a guy in his face, and you know, even if it's three second delay, him getting off the line of scrimmage, that keeps him from getting the ball downfield. And but but other than that, I thought they coached a hell of a game. I think they did a great job. They had them prepared, uh, and you know, I, I look forward to the future. I, I have no doubts that that we've got a we've got it going in the right direction, and and got a good staff to lead us that way, and. And I'm just I'm just proud of the boys. I'm proud of the coaches, and and I hope I hope Auburn people let him know that. Oh, I agree. I I agree. Dan, you got you want to comment? Yeah, well, you know, I'm glad Dak. I'm glad Dak mentioned uh, Peyton Thorne. You know, I, I turned to you after the game and said, you know, Peyton Thorne took so much heat against A and M, and and a lot of it probably deservedly so. He could have done more to help his teammates against A and M. Teammates maybe could have done more to help him against Georgia, right? Like Peyton mm-hmm. Thorne was out there, and he was, you know, by and large, I do not think he was part of the problem in, in the game against Georgia. Uh, you can you can look at individual plays here and there, but I, I thought Peyton Thorne played well and took a step forward against a great defense. Maybe we'll we'll see later this year if they're a historically great defense, but they're you know they're they're really good and. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was a uh, that, that was a shrewd point, and and Brock Bowers, yeah, he's good, I guess. You know, if you're into that sort of thing, <laughs> yeah, Brock, I guess he's pretty good. Anything else, Dak? Texas A and M showed us how good they are going on the road to Arkansas. Yeah, that surprised me a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think our defense deserves a lot more credit than what it's getting, as well as. You know, maybe we wasn't as bad on Texas A&M as, as it looked. You know, and I, I do think Max Johnson is the right fit for them too. I I, I just I just really like him. Yeah, isn't it something that SEC ought to thank us because if it wasn't for us, he wouldn't be playing. That's right. And he makes them you know, better. <laughs> I wonder. But, uh, I want great, great stuff. Great stuff, Dak. I I, I wonder uh, in the case of Brock Powers if. The Jalen Simpson injury maybe disrupted what Auburn would have wanted to do. I don't know if, if Auburn, if personnel had yeah. anything to do with the with the way Auburn was playing Bowers in the uh, 
in the second half. That's a that's good. Uh, that's a good point yeah. because Jalen was Jalen out there on their field goal drive. I don't know that he was. I remember him going down, being helped recall. off the field. He was back out there, but he didn't look like he was anywhere near full speed on that final drive for Georgia. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the uh, number to get you through. It's Bill and Brian here in the studio. Dan with us for another segment or so as as we continue here with the Monday Drive. On the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon, 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock. Bill and Brian here in the studio. Dan's joining us. Uh, via Skype, and we have calls holding, and let's get to the phones. John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, I was at the game uh, Saturday. It was a great day. Enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if it was just me, uh, but I found the uh, Georgia fans not to be as uncivil this this past Saturday as they've been in the past few times they've come to, to town, so that was refreshing. Well, that's good. Good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were a fortunate one because I've had two people tell me uh, that they had to, uh, they had to get security for a couple of them that weren't happy with oh. how close it was. Yeah. Well, okay. There you go. <laughs> but uh, and I find it ironic that we rushed for over 200 yards, but we can't pick up a third and one and a third and two when we need it on multiple occasions. That has been Auburn's biggest problem. Like, uh, like Dak was talking about earlier, Brian. I mean, when Auburn goes with that tight formation in yeah. short yardage, they have really struggled trying to pick up, you know, a yard or two. They have, and I don't like doing the shotgun snaps in short yardage. Just me. I, I know it works fine other places, but I just don't like it. But, of course, I don't like if you run a shotgun offense putting a guy under center either, right, because that never works. So I, I don't know what the solution and, uh, is, but they just got to get better up front, you know, a little bit more consistent. And Auburn's final possession, I think uh, Peyton Thorne, uh, I think every pass he threw was incomplete. They hit everybody, the intended receivers in the hands, which was uh, disappointing. They might have been able to uh, matriculate the ball down the field and uh, tie it and going overtime. But, At least uh, take a shot. You're right. I mean, the, the first one, Jarquez, boy, he had a lot of he had a lot of yep. green in front of him. <clears throat> sure did. Speaking of that, uh, what happened to number six? Uh, either I missed him or I didn't. No, he did. He not did not in the game at all. Yeah, no, he, he didn't dress out. Uh, don't know what his specific injury was. Although he was walking around fairly normally, I did not see a you know a cast or no, boot or sling or anything but like all, that. But that's definitely a, a big loss for Auburn. I mean, he's he's not the biggest yeah, guy, he's, but he's that's a, a big loss. He's a proven asset in the slot. He's a right. speedy guy with sure hands. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, I was a. Uh, it was a good game, and uh, enjoyed it. And uh, just wish we could have held on a little bit longer. And uh, what's the possibility is we can uh, acquire an eleven o'clock kickoff in Baton Rouge next? Uh, week? I got some bad news. Yeah, yeah, they have already said that it's going to be either is it six, six o'clock on ESPN, on ESPN or six thirty on, on SEC, SEC Network, right? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You knew exactly. it was coming, right? You knew exactly. it was coming. Yep. <laughs> All right, I appreciate y'all's time. Thank you. 
Appreciate the call, John. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not great news this morning, Dan. I mean, and that I mean, we'll get into that a good bit more next week, especially. But that I believe is that that is not a great matchup with LSU's firepower on offense. Not the way they can score, even though they gave up 700 yards, right, or something no, like they that. Got, they had 700 and gave up 600 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Well, and those are the offenses Auburn plays the next two games. Right. Uh, that's LSU and Ole Miss. The next two games Auburn will. Uh, Will play. Hey, speaking of the running backs, and I don't want to overreact to the game Jarquez had, because uh, he because he showed some flashes too. I was really impressed with Petit. Yes. Like he made, he made an argument to be a bigger part of this offense to me, guys. Yeah, I mean, the, as you said, that is a very very good defense, and he made some of their guys look silly trying to tackle him. Brian, Brian, what did you think of uh, Brian Petit's game? Uh, I, I just like the way he plays. He plays hard. Um, tough for yep. you know for, and he he is tough to find behind those guards and centers mm-hmm. inside sometimes. And it, it can look like everything's closed up, and suddenly he pops out there and and gets some extra yards. He also does a great job of falling forward and getting that extra yard or two after contact, which I love to. So yeah, he's he's been a great addition, especially you know Jarquez been been inconsistent. I think it's fair to say Demari, of course, has been banged up, so he's been really important to have on this team. But Brian, you were you were saying that the uh, uh, the prognosis looks pretty good for Damari. Yes, it, it does. Uh, we were told that uh, the feeling was that he could be uh, back healthy for LSU. That's not an official, you know, coming from the trainers necessarily. But um, so we'll see. But yeah, there was some confidence that he was going to be back uh, for LSU and be close to one hundred percent. Appreciate the call, John. 334-321-1390. And Bill is up next. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. I, I got my call Friday. I, was, I felt like if they uh, – I could accept the results when I lose if the, if the guys were not played hard, and, and they did that. You, you couldn't ask for any more as far as the effort and, uh, you know, throwing turning things around. And, my goodness, if he had some people who could catch the ball, you know, I know some of the – those catches were a little difficult, but this is big time football. And Sonny, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just saw a few passes should have been that were thrown by Peyton Thorne should have been caught. And sometimes some of them were key, key positions, um, times of the game. Um, as far as that, what, what's the story on? I may have missed him, but Jeremiah Cobb is he being redshirted or? Oh, no. sword, I mean, he's playing. I don't know why he didn't get into the, you know, uh, a, a big part of this game. Maybe it's because, you know, it's he's a true freshman. It's the first big home game, and uh, they were just rolling with Jarquez. And I saw him in the game. I just know he did. I don't think right. he got he any did. carries he or any came, He came in the game. I kept up participation. He was in the game, but yep. he, didn't, he didn't play a lot of snaps. You're right. Okay. Well, it's, you know, it, it was uh, for recruiting purposes. It was a, it was a good, good game to see. Um, I see where the, the big lineman from uh, California took a trip to Texas. You think we hold on to him, Brian? It's going to be tough. I think that's going to be a tough one. I mean, I have not spoken to him or his uh, parents since that trip, um, so I don't know anything for sure. But if you look at it, Texas is uh, a really good program. They're on a roll. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of NIL support, of course, and it's about, you know, half the distance it is from, you know, his house to Auburn as is Texas. I don't know exactly, but um, so, you know, that will be tough, but he is committed to Auburn as of right now, and we'll see how that shakes out. Okay, guys, I enjoy the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the call, Bill. 
Yeah, the, the not not having Javarius was tough. Um, boy, you hope you hope he's back for LSU. You're going to need every bit of offense you can get against LSU. Auburn's yeah. defense, I really do believe, is one of the better defenses in the SEC. But LSU offense is really really tough to handle. Yeah, and, and Auburn's defense is pretty thin. They are. Uh, they've already had a couple of injuries, so it is important for them yeah. to maybe. Well, I don't know if if Keontae or. or um, uh, linebacker uh, Keys Keys yeah. Austin Keys, Austin Keys uh, can be back uh, in the next couple of weeks but it is important that um, you know they can stay as healthy as possible and eventually get those guys back 334-321-1390 and Kyle is up next hey Kyle hey guys uh, <clears throat> calling from southern Indiana so yeah appreciate what y'all are doing and uh Hey, uh, I just wanted to weigh in real quick. So you all were just talking about the the third and one and third and two, the shotgun. I mean, I didn't understand those play calls at all. Um, I don't – it's almost like we – I mean, really, it was like we were just giving the ball away there. But I do think overall there was some upside uh, for sure uh, with the offense on Saturday. And that's really what I was looking for. I mean, we were moving the ball. And I think I think a good point is, uh, <clears throat> or something I know, excuse me, Peyton uh, seemed a little more relaxed. Uh, there was a couple times I noticed when he was in the pocket that he, you know, instead of falling down like he did against A&M, he, uh, he made some adjustments. But I think it was a better play by the O-line, too. And then uh, my next point, guys, is do you think the separation – I mean, I just – Brock Bowers is just open, like consistently open. And, like, I, I know that – I know they were coaching them to, you know, cover, but, I mean, I don't understand. There there was some big separation there. So, I wanted to see what you all think. I mean, I know he's that good, but, man, he, he was wide open. So, I don't know. I think there's some upside here. And, you know, we still got a couple good wins. and But it's turning in the right direction, so I'm I'm hopeful. But – I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, can I know, ask him? The, go ahead. Yeah. On, on that drive, I mean, with with you know, with with respect to the the separation Bowers was able to get. Brian, is there a sense Auburn was worried about getting beat deep, so they were giving sort of big cushions underneath because you don't want to. They you had don't two safeties play. deep. They, they did. did. They did. I, have I their think safeties deep. I, you know I, I talked about, but this defense is thin. They've got some key players out, so they're playing a lot of snaps. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, without Keon, you're, you're without Keontae. Right. You had, uh, you know, Jalen banged up and coming yep. back in. There's some things I don't think that they could do right in there. Right, and I felt like Kaufman was dealing with injuries as well, yeah. right, throughout the game. Yeah, and you know, in order to get pressure, they need to blitz, and maybe that was the right way to do it, right? But well, in I'm, hindsight, I'm, yeah, yeah, it's easy to go. Sure, they, they don't really have. produce pressure with rushing three or four. No. They just don't have those players most of the time, especially against an offensive line like Georgia, which is. Which I thought did a great job um, protecting the passer for most of the day. They and, really did. Yeah, Auburn did a great job against the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I mean, I, I think great players like Brock Bowers, Make you know, great plays. I mean, as the game goes on, they figure things out. They find ways to, you know, adjust to what Auburn's doing to stop them. And yes, he just makes plays there in the, in the fourth quarter in the second half. He, he just. You know, he's, he is going to be one of the highest drafted tight ends in the history of this draft, I think. Uh, there's no I mean, question about that. Right? I mean, you, he's been there three years. He's been making yeah. plays like this. He's been, he's been open. He's been untackleable 
ever since he <laughs> yeah. stepped on campus I mean, in Georgia. This is not like just some no, average. No, it's not like oh, where'd this yeah. guy come from? Yeah. He's clearly he's clearly better at this stage than Kyle Pitts was. Oh, and Kyle, Pitts, not even close. And Kyle Pitts was a top five draft pick. Kyle Pitts went what third overall, fourth overall mm-hmm. to the Falcons. Yeah. and Brock Brock Bowers, you know, against the SEC East, fourth you know, overall. Having watched yeah. them both. To say nothing. Look, Kyle Pitts is one of the best college tight ends I've ever seen. But, but Rob Brock Bowers, Bowers is the best college tight end I've ever seen. Period. Yeah, I mean that's that's where it is. I mean, he does things, and they they hand the ball to him on third and short, and he gets yardage. I mean, you know, he yeah. plays how, fullback. They, how amazing, Bill? How amazing is it? And the fact that a tight end made made big plays in the fourth quarter. How amazing is it that we were talking about the 09 Iron Bowl as much as we did on Friday's yep. show? And then Saturday's game plays out the way it did with Auburn. Where you can't stop them. You can't get them off the field on third down there at the yeah. end. Yep. Aside, aside from a three and out at the beginning of the game, it's about as ideal a first quarter as Auburn could have asked for. Peyton Thorne gets confidence on that 61-yard run, right? Like, I mean, we talked about he needed to see some shots go in. He needed to see some good things happen. That run may have set the tone for him being productive the rest of the day. Whatever it, you, you definitely saw him. You know, just as as the caller was saying, I don't know, it's relaxed, but I mean, he 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 appeared he appeared more comfortable. Yeah. out there, and, and, it, and that's think, good. I thought he had more time to throw at times. Too. He did. They did a better job protecting him, and I really think Auburn's receivers have got to step up and start making plays. I just, you know, it's just no question. Look, I, I don't want to call out one guy aside from Jay Fair, and I know Javarius has been dealing with injuries all season, so you know I'll leave him out of this. Aside from Jay Fair, I don't know if there's a receiver on the team. Rivaldo's a tight end. We're leaving him out, too. Of the receivers, I don't know if there's a guy, aside from maybe Jay Fair, who five games into this season can feel like he's got a solid role in next year's offense. Oh, I, right? like, who, I, who, yeah. I agree. I mean, it's just – and it's, it's hard for me to say that, right? It's disappointing. It is. You, know? you just don't understand it. Dan, I know you've got a meeting here in a little bit. Um, any, any, any sort of parting thoughts as we let you go? Well, you know, again, I want to echo everybody talking about how impressive Jordan Air Stadium has been. Three straight games. This year, I think it's put on its best face in this recruiting class. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I'm, I'm, you know, you, you don't want to, you, you don't want to uh, pick and choose the moral victory stuff like that. I no. really thought. There's evidence of progress on the field when you play Georgia the way you did on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to seeing what they look like after the bye week. All right. And, uh, well, have a, have a good trip, and we will, uh, we'll see you here tomorrow. Absolutely. Looking forward to Andy Burcham tomorrow, right? That no, is right. Uh, no that is viewing right. window. No Hopefully viewing window. To, uh, That's right. Yep. First time in a while. Yep. That'll be good. All right. Take care. We'll see All you right, tomorrow. All right. Looking forward to seeing you guys. All right, Dan. Uh heading to a meeting and he'll be back in tomorrow bill and brian for the rest of the show we'll get to our final break of hour number one right back with more calls here on the monday drive it's time to drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com welcome back into the drive here on this monday afternoon it's bill brian matthews from auburnsports.com here in the studio drew at the controls dan 
headed to a meeting. He will be back tomorrow. Let's get back to the phones. And Tex is next. Hey, Tex. Hey, I, I just called to tell you, I was one of the people that told you that there was some tools from Georgia that were there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. The, the guy that sat You're not the only one, though, Tex. I know. But the guy sat, who sat next to me from Savannah and his wife were great to be around. They were, oh, these are Georgia fans, first time ever in Jordan-Hare, uh, came from Savannah, said that uh, it was one of the best road environments they had ever been in. And they appreciated the people sitting around them, except for the five punks from Georgia that were students that sat two rows in front of us. So uh, anyway, who didn't act up after the security came and talked to him for a little bit, by the way. Uh, but, you know, one guy we hadn't been mentioned, I hadn't heard as we were listening to the show, is is any uh, – Marcus Harris played tremendous. Yes, he did. did. On Saturday. You know, and when he went off, was he cramping or was that a leg injury? I think it was a cramp. I don't know that for sure, but I think it was. Well, he walked like it was a cramp, uh, having cramped many times before like that. Uh, It looked to me like it was a cramp, but I just, I didn't want to, if there was anything official that came out. But he came back in the game and still played his behind off. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, he's he, he, it was tremendous the way he played. I thought overall our defense played really good. I, I just thought if we could have held on to the ball a little bit longer over a few drives, if we would have scored when we had the ball third and goal from the one, uh, then we, uh, you know, that would have been a, caused Georgia to play a little bit different. And, of course, I, I really think, and after talking to you, Bill, today, for, forgot about it, but Jalen Simpson getting hurt, I think, was as big a, yeah. a turn in that game uh, that could have happened because he was playing lights out in the secondary. He's been terrific. And, He's made himself a lot yeah. of money uh, this season. Yeah, he, yeah, had a great interception been, there early in the yeah. game. I mean, that was, that, that was, a, huge, that was a huge play. Yeah. Well, it was a great play, too, having mm-hmm. watched the game a couple times after. It was a great play. And, and last but not least, I, I was a bit critical of Peyton Thorne and his, uh, willing, his unwillingness to keep his head up. He stood in the pocket and got punished a couple times and delivered the ball. He kept his head up on one of his scrambles and dropped the ball off to a guy in the flat to where we ended up getting the first down. I think he made huge strides. I don't know what changed from week to week uh, because they were getting after him just as much as A&M was and, and maybe the plays that we were running. But he a lot of credit to that young man because he got punished a lot delivering the football. So, And I heard the guy say five. I heard it was six and nine incompletions were, were uh, hit our guys in the hands. Well, Hugh, Hugh one, said this morning at the uh, Monday Morning Quarterback Club in Birmingham that there were, after watching the film, he said there were six drops that could have been just, easily caught. Just unacceptable, okay. in my opinion. That's well, just, and also, if, if Jay Fair doesn't fall down, we don't, he doesn't throw the interception on the last drive either. Brian and I were just so. looking at that. I still haven't figured exactly what happened, but, you know, Jay's, it, it Jay's the, the best guy over now. It was. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. it could have been a very – Good play by the defensive back to just sort of body him off balance or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, great ball game. Tremendous, tremendous atmosphere. He, before the game, during the game, and even after the game, 
normally when you're walking out and we don't win, you hear a lot of uh, complaining, a mm-hmm. lot of disdain. Uh, it wasn't that way this time. It was, you know, very, very positive and uh, feeling like we made huge strides from week to week. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm glad we have a week off. You're right. The next two weeks are our worst matchups of the year. I, you know, I agree with you on that. I really All think right, that, that LSU and Ole Miss are scary matchups because yep. of the, the they're so powerful offensively, yep. so so explosive. Still Let me think Auburn's going to take care of business at home against Ole Miss, but we'll see. We'll see. Appreciate the call, text. We need to get to our top of the hour break. Halfway done. Love for you to join in again. The number to get you through three three four three two one thirteen ninety as we headed to hour number two of the Monday Drive. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Brian Matthews, MauburnSports.com here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Dan's got a meeting, so he will be back tomorrow. And uh, we will pretty quickly get to the phone lines because there there seems to be a little for folks to discuss here yeah, today. Maybe. Brian, it, uh, it's it's an open date, so I'm sure there's, there's nothing going on at AuburnSports.com, right? Uh, well, kind of, no, <laughs> but there were a ton of visitors there, and we've had, uh, I don't know, more than a dozen or so uh, updates on them so far, including six official visitors. Uh, so you can get that at auburnsports.com, of course, and there were, you know, just players from the 24, 25, and 26 classes. That, that was just loaded with prospects. Really impressive uh, group they brought in, and uh, we'll continue to update that, and uh, two official Visitors in basketball were there. We had mm-hmm. updates on those two guys. It was a huge weekend. Yeah. I mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, our family was sitting right across from one of the recruiting sections where Jeff Graber was there. He said there were nine prospects in for gymnastics Man. for the for the upcoming year and the future. Talked a little to uh, Gabe Gross with top baseball prospects. It was a it was this was one of the biggest recruiting weekends mm-hmm. of the year. This one in the Alabama game will be the two biggest recruiting weekends during yeah. football. And and hats off to the to the Auburn fans. The atmosphere was electric. It really was. And if, if you're a 25 or 26 or even a 24 uh, top prospect, and this is the first time you're coming to Auburn, and that's what you see, wow. that, that is going to be an incredible first impression. And that is going to go a long way in Auburn's ability to sign to you in the future. So um, that was big. And – you know, they're they're doing it every week now. So uh, you know, you know it's going to be terrific. Uh, you know, when they get back home in in a few weeks, and you know it's going to be out of this world. Uh, come November when Alabama comes to town, hopefully that will be a night game. Even if it's an afternoon game, by then it'll be by dark. then it'll be yeah dark for I the think. second half. Yeah, it will. It will. When is when is uh, uh, first of November? Right, the end. Okay. It's, it's like uh, the. Because I thought it got moved back again. Let me, let me I think it, I think it's been moved, but it's uh, you know it used to be early October and it's yeah. been moved back. All right, we've got a full November fifth. Yep. Yeah, we've got a full bank of calls. The number to get you through when we clear one three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and we'll get things started with Terry. Hey, Terry. 
Hey, Bill. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Going good. Good. Um, first of all, Bill, this is my first week here in Auburn as a resident. The whole week was electric, not just the game. Well, yeah, traffic was insane <laughs> yeah. all week. The wrong kind of electric, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say I didn't give you the definition of electric. I just said electric. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, I was disappointed from the standpoint of the lack of the pass rush when we did blitz to get the pass rush. It, clearly, the quarterback of Georgia was 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 uncomfortable, and I wish they would have done that more. Because uh, I, I didn't think Georgia won the game. I thought Auburn lost it. Well, in and hindsight, so, in hindsight, I mean, I did. Uh, that that was one of the things that I wished after the game was that Auburn had. Uh, come after the quarterback a little more. I guess the thing is, when you're doing that, you're already thin back in the in the yeah. back end, and you're, you're leaving more guys on an island. But but yeah, I mean, it's that's what Monday morning, Monday afternoon yep. quarterbacking will do. The other thing I would say right. is, I, I did watch Auburn blitz a few times, and I thought Georgia's offensive line and, and running backs did a really impressive job of picking it up. They did. That they knew what they were doing. Now, Brian, well, might we see in the off week Sean Jackson's role and uh, be more prevalent? Because, look, I, I don't like Jacquez Hunter on the third down, not because Jacquez is not a great player. He is. Not because it's not the right call it is, but because it's too obvious. And, yeah. and that, that I just think a 5'9", 225-pound guy can get, to, get you a yard. I want to see his role increase a little bit. I mean, maybe. That's not a bad idea. I mean, I'm kind of agreeing with you, but I, I, I'll be honest, I, I doubt it. You know, you know I what? Just, I wouldn't mind seeing. that's not a bad uh, idea. I wouldn't mind seeing Auburn do what uh, Georgia did and uh, move one of their tight ends yeah. in there and, and see if one of those guys can plow for a yard. Not a bad idea. Really, I like not the idea, idea that we talked about earlier is, is spreading it out more or, or make sure Robbie's in there. Yeah, Auburn, extra... Auburn's had, you know, you look at it throughout the year, Auburn's had tough sledding uh, in, in short yardage situation where they tried to just pick up a yard or two. And look, everybody's heard me criticize quarterbacks, but and, and Peyton, I thought, played a pretty good game. The receivers didn't do him no favors. No. Let's be honest. No, I mean, I, I was talking about Hugh Freeze at the Monday Morning Quarterback Club, and, and he said that uh, uh, all facets of the passing game need to improve protections and routes, but he, he thought he thought Peyton um, played a good game and, and had the ball where it needed to be. Sure. Guys, y'all take care. Appreciate the call, Terry. 334-321-1390. Jerry is next. Hey, Jerry. Oh, James. Sorry about that. Hey, James. Hey, guys. Hey, um, I'm, I know y'all going to get on to me for this, but I'm sorry. I didn't watch the game Saturday. I was in Atlanta watching the Braves play the Nationals. Um, I really – I just got to make a comment on that. I really enjoyed the new stadium. That's a really nice setup. Oh, it is. No question. A lot better than Turner Field in Atlanta, Fulton County. I, I remember going as a kid, and that, that was crazy, but um, – I still Don't love Fulton ask. County. I, I'm, I'm an Atlanta native. I still love Fulton County. It's just where I grew up as a kid like you did. But, yeah, I've, I've been but in you, a new place. It's really nice. Boy, it's nice. Yeah. It, the setup's just really nice, and I don't like being hassled when I get out of the car either. So Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Brian, I want to ask you, I mean, is it is it just me? I mean, you've touched on it a little bit, but does the recruits seem to be blown away that we were able to stay head head-to-head, toe-to-toe with somebody that was more talented than us and had a chance to win the game. Did they come away feeling the same way as we did, or is it kind of mixed? No, that's exactly what they said. They talked about how well Auburn played and how they fought and how great the atmosphere was. I mean, almost every single recruit we interviewed um, Saturday and Sunday talked about it, talked about the atmosphere and how incredible it was. That, that was 
That was huge for recruiting, 100%. That, yeah. was, that was a big weekend, and Auburn did it the right way. They, they did a great job of getting guys here, did a great job of following up with them and making sure, you know, they experienced everything they need to experience. And it's going to pay dividends in the 24 and 25 and 26 mm-hmm. classes. Bill, you can blame me for us losing because I wasn't watching the game, and I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if, you've made, if you'd made eight points difference, then it, yes, it was your fault. Uh, I'll take the blame. It'll be all right. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks. Good hearing from you, James. 334-321-1390. And Jeremy is next. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, hey, guys. There we go. Y'all there? Yeah. All right. Um, We're keeping Drew busy today. You guys are keeping Drew busy today. All right, good. Um, I, that, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit hoarse, so things went okay. Um, the uh, the last caller, I'm, anybody that gets a chance to go watch this Braves team, go watch them. Like, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't care what's going on. I don't, if you, Especially if you've never made a trip to Truist, this this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of baseball team. Go watch yep. them play. Yep. Um, on Saturday, what did we talk about on Friday? Like, could, could our offensive line be improved? Or could we be improved at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball against Georgia? We did that. We got we got the turnovers that we needed. Yep, and came so close to a couple of yeah. others that were that were called right. They they got the right call. They did. But man, they were right. so close to a couple of other turnovers that could have just blown the play. The stadium could have exploded. I thought if that and, if that second fumble had been one, and that we would need. We would need something, even even with that, we would need something else special on special teams or something to happen to actually be able to win that ball game. And I thought for a second we were going to get it. When that guy muffed the punt, and you could almost see him, the punt was coming oh, yeah. at, that punt was coming to our corner where yep. we sit. And as you saw him, like, you saw him make the determination, like, he's going to go try to catch that. Um, and you're, I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs, drop it and he sure enough did and the only problem was it was such a good punt that it just out kicked the coverage and we didn't have anybody down there to be able to to get on it that that was the break that we needed that that really could have given us a chance to win that ball game no you're absolutely right we had not mentioned that play but yeah you're right it was coming right you know toward us in the press box and and uh my family seats aren't far from that either you're you're right that was when he when he turned and started going after it i thought after it yeah that i He's not going to catch this running full speed. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, you know, the two the two opposite decisions. The decision to not go for it on the first fourth down and take the points and then to turn around right there before half and do the exact I, – I think either, either you've gone into the game with the mentality that you're going to be going for those things or that you're not. And I think I think I think taking the points the first time was the right call, and I think it would have been the right call the second time. I just think anything that you can do, like going into halftime up thirteen to ten, is just entirely different than up ten ten. Um, no, I agree. Just, just having a lead. Um, I, I still that my biggest question for the whole game is what was what was the thought process on third and one? Right. Not not the fourth and one, the third and one. Well, and it, it's just if if you think you're gonna go for it, just sneak it. Like I, I just get up under center and just sneak it. Um, I know we don't get under center a lot, and that that's a whole other discussion for like a bye week when when later on in the week when you start talking about things people do these days. Um, 
but yeah, those, those were my two biggest, my two biggest. And like Terry in the last one saying that like we lost it, Georgia didn't beat it. Like, look, Georgia made plays. They've got they they've did. got players. They've got players. They made catches. They made plays. Championship teams catches. make those plays, and they did. Right. They they are better than us, and the fact that we came out and threw punches that's that's the most important thing that came out of that. Um, I was um, the the adjustment that they made. I don't know that they did it much in the first half. All of a sudden, there in the late in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter, they put uh, eighty four and nineteen on the same side of the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was it was almost impossible to to double cover both of those guys, and we needed to double cover both of those guys because we couldn't cover them both. Um, and that that I you know people are gonna Mike Bobo gets a lot of crap even from Georgia fans, but but that adjustment to to get those guys on the same side of the field so that you couldn't double cover them that's that that's some good that's some good maneuvering by a guy. Yeah, and we talked about Auburn not having Javarius Johnson, Georgia having Lad McConkey was huge. Yes. Um, you know, look, I remember back in oh four, you would you would talk about how Auburn could convert every third down there was. If it was mm-hmm. third and four, they converted. If it was third and fourteen, they converted. And that's that what you saw Saturday is that that's a championship football team that it doesn't matter the situation. They they do what they need to do to get by and win a ball game, and that's that's where we're trying to get back to. We're not. I don't think we're as far away as a lot of people may think, but but the difference is noticeable, and and it's just it's it's going to be a climb because, like y'all were talking earlier, these next two ball games are not good setups for us. So, like, pick up the momentum, and if hopefully we can carry it forward. That, that's really all I can I can hope for at this point. I'm with you. All right, guys. Appreciate it, Jeremy. 334-321-1390. We'll get one more before our first break of the hour, and Greg is next. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the difference between week four and this week right here, uh, I'll take it. You know, they didn't. Trying to head in the right direction, I think he simplifies the thing. Uh, man, goodness gracious, if we could just man, if we could just make some of them dang catches. But uh, I, you know, I, I'm proud of them the way they fought. I hope they keep continue to fight. If they keep, if, if they continue to do what they're doing right now, they're gonna be all right. Them boys right there is going they gonna win some football games. Uh, I know that one hurt. That's one you felt like you should have won. But you know, uh, Pete Thorne, I'm proud of him. He, he grew up here a little bit, it looked like to me, and, and, and grew up in that game in front of our eyes just a little bit. If he'd had some guys made some plays, you know, that uh, that Bowers. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, they throw that out right on him, on uh, McConkie, and then they go, they throw it, you know, across the middle to him, and, you know, we, we're sitting over the top of him. It is what it is, you know, but uh, take it and learn from it. I hope it hurts. I hope you don't forget it. You know, I hate those things can't never beat Georgia. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I want to ask you a question. You know, uh, I know everybody's talking about, you know, that one yard we couldn't get on two, you know, two plays. But my goodness, you know, trying to do something out today, shotgun, snaps eight foot high, and, you, and you're trying to 
get it down. You know, they're coming down here. They know what you're trying to do. But, uh, man, John Quez, you know, I don't. I know when he gets going, he's tough to stop. But, guys, does it look like he, you know, just – I know you want to hesitate a little bit and hit a hole, but it is, to me it looks like he's not seeing the hole. Uh, I know when you get him going around the edge and stuff like that, but he needs to be coming down here a little bit harder to me. Uh, that's just my opinion on that. I, I don't know if he's 100% either, Brian. Yeah, I think he got banged up a couple of weeks ago. I also think, um, you know, everything that happened uh, during the offseason has affected him at ways in, in his preparations coming in and, um, you know, maybe a little bit uh, affected him early this season too, in my opinion. I don't know that for a fact. Um, and also, I agree with you about the short yardage and take the snap under center. But to me, it's like a catch twenty two because if you're a you shotgun do team, it. it's tough. You yeah. go under center, and then then you have exchanges, and you have fumbles, mm-hmm. and you have more mistakes. So it's to me um, when you're going up against a team like Georgia, and you're in short yardage, it's it's man on man, right? And Georgia has got they've got big Better boys, yeah. right? So you need to scheme up in those situations and not expect your guys to win all those one-on-one matchups. You're going to lose enough of those one-on-one matchups, in my opinion, uh, to, to make that maybe not work as well as you think it should work on, on paper or as well as it might work in a couple of years when you got the big boys you know, that you should have, enough of them. Just, just my opinion there. But they've got to do some things short yardage-wise that are maybe a little less predictable, in my opinion. I think he's going to get it right. I, I love to see the passion he's got, and uh, you know, some people need to be chewed out. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to raise the level of play over there. And, uh, I know you know this this bye week comes at a good time. We got some guys beat you know beat banged up, and you know we look. I, I think we're headed in the right direction. I, I wish that we had done more with Peyton Thorn from the start of the season, and you know this quarterback carousel is going on. I'm just not a big. I'm not a big fan of it. I know it kind of worked. You kind of made it work, and, and you know, if that's what you want to do, hey, just work on it. We got two weeks, and uh, I think we're gonna be all right, guys. I'm gonna hang up. And listen, to y'all. I, you know, I appreciate y'all, man. And uh, I'm proud of my Tigers. I ain't taking no no victories off a loss, but uh, I'm proud of the direction we're headed. I just hope that everybody in the fan base can get behind them too. Hey, War Eagle. Appreciate the call, Greg. We need to get to our first break of hour number two. Spectre, hang on. You're up. When we come back. Here on the Monday Drive. Whether you're a senior. BNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill and Brian here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And right back to the phones we go. Inspector. Is next. Hey, Specter. Hey, guys. Uh, listen, I may repeat some stuff you've already talked about, but uh, let me start off by saying uh, uh, both offense and defense played well. There was improvement I saw. Um, with that being said, I have two questions about two plays. Uh, you guys know me well, and I'm, I'm old school, and I heard what Coach said about the play fourth and one, fourth and two. Uh, analytical dictated that call, but, uh, you know, analytical would have a strong argument with uh, momentum and confidence. 
I honestly believe we should have kicked the field goal and went up 13-10 to 10 going into the half to build our momentum and confidence and come out and go up, at, as you saw with Robbie in the game, we went up a touchdown at the beginning of the third quarter. That would have gave us 20-10. to 10. Mm-hmm. What a confidence and what a momentum builder that would have been. Oh, sure. In um, hindsight, hindsight, I, I, I can't argue. And it actually, during the game, after Auburn, you know, failed on third and one, that point I thought, yeah, maybe you should kick it. Yeah, and I don't disagree there. I, I don't um, – I think, in my opinion, and I'm not just talking about Auburn, I'm talking about coaches in general, I think they rely too much on their, that analytical sheet when it's whether it's going to two or whether it's making some of these decisions. Uh, I think they've also got to put it in the context of what's happening in the game and what you're capable of doing, what you're not capable of doing. And in that um, case, I, I think you take the points. So every you, can point go, you can get. You know, hopefully go yep. into the locker room with a lead. Yep. And Alice McPherson has been terrific uh, so far. And that was a clutch. Uh, I think it was a 42 yarder he hit there mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter that, sure was that tied time. the game up. Yep. Yeah, you're so right, Brian. Uh, listen, um, I think as a coach, when you're going into a game like this, you're not expected to win, however, but you give your players every opportunity to win. Uh, I believe on, on a couple of plays, he had the wrong personnel, wrong personnel in for the play call. Uh, I believe if Robbie had been in that game when he called that quarterback in the round where, where uh, Ashford ran for about 60 yards, I believe that Ashford would have scored on that play. He was just too fast. I think that was just a read option, wasn't it? Yeah, that, I believe that George it was. just blew their assignment on. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong yeah. there, but right. well, whatever, I can never whatever. know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't understand why Robbie wasn't in the game on, on the 12-yard line on those third and fourth down play. Well, yeah. considering he'd been in to start that drive and got him down to the third and one, that's, that was what was the surprise. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you know, you give, you want to give your defense a thought that, okay, now there's two running backs back there, not just not just Hunter. But, uh, you know, I understand Thorne can run the ball, but he can't run the ball like, like Ashford can. And that, that's what the defense is going to look at. The other thing is, on that fourth down play, Luke Deal absolutely missed his block and hit Hunter in the backfield. And, uh, isn't that Luke Deal a senior? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I understand that it's a game. I mean, you're not going to get it. Every play ain't going to be your, going your way at every time. But that's, that was critical. I, I, I just believe we should have kicked the field goal there. Yeah, man, I disagree. The only thing I would say about Luke is in those situations, you're asking everybody to make their block just right. And Georgia yeah. is lining up on the opposite opposite side with some of the best players in the country that are quick yeah. and fast and make plays. And it's just, I think it's just asking everybody too much to be perfect on something like that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But, you know, I just looked at the film, and he didn't – I mean, that was his man. That was obviously yeah. his man to block. And he just he just basically missed him. Uh, you know, it has been great talking to you guys without Dan interrupting me. <laughs> and, and usually about this time, I, thanks for the call, Specter. Uh, but anyway, I, I thank you guys. I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, Specter. Right. Twenty-seven minutes after five o'clock, we'll get another call before we get to our bottom of the hour. And Matt 
is next. Hey, Matt. Hey, yeah, I'll make it quick. I got a quick comment and then a question maybe for Brian. Um, yeah, we got plenty of time. If you, if you told me before the start of the season that we would be competitive in games like this against Georgia and maybe not pull it out, I'd be happy, and I'm still happy. I don't understand how everybody thinks because it was close. We should have won. I know it would have been a, a huge deal. We could have, but we've, we've beaten a lot of teams over the years, the Kentuckys and Vannies that hung over with the very end, and we pulled it out because we had better players. And I think we're on the other end of that right now, and I think it would get better. Um, so I'm just – I used to go into the last couple of years into some of these big games where I was just sort of dreading watching us play because I knew it was going to be ugly. And I think it is still at times ugly, and it's obvious where we're missing talent and we need to get better. But I do think we're getting a full effort, and that's a testament to the coaching staff. My, my question um, would be, do you think it, all the players that we had, all the official visits and, and non-official are any of them concerned about our offensive struggles and maybe weighing that in their decisions? Or you think it's hurting recruiting that we're having some struggles in some parts of the game, such as that offensive line and, and wide receiver? I'm sure other coaches will try to use it against Auburn, but I, I did not hear anybody or read anybody uh, mention that uh, from all the things. Most people are just excited about what's happening and they believe in you freezing his offense and that they're going to figure it out right and 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 there have been a couple of responses if you go and look and see some of the some of the players players at those positions yeah. have talked about how close Auburn is a player or two away and what they're saying is I could have made that play I yeah. think I think that's um you know it wasn't as as though the Auburn offense was three and out the whole game they had opportunities and they they ran the ball well and, and they had some opportunities to make catches. You look out there and you see the catches that Brock Bowers is making, yep. and you're thinking, if you got somebody like that, if you can make a play or two like that on this side, then the offense is really clicking. Yeah. And you're recruiting some guys that can make those plays, and, that's what they're, and I think that's what those guys, the recruits, are thinking. And, you know, Auburn's already put together a really strong wide receiver class. Perry Thompson, um, Bryce Kane is just having a phenomenal mm-hmm. senior season. He's going to be such a good slot receiver. Um, and those guys like to play early. It just makes yep. sense. Oh, yeah. Knock them, and those are the guys that can yep. play early. I mean, receivers, skilled players are the guys yep. that can step out there and, and, and play early. And they're, they're all, and they're all some of the great ones, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. Freshman, freshman running back, um, get out of here, Montgomery. Jim I see him as much. Is that just one of those things where there are not enough touches for him, or is he banged up or something? Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate I it. don't believe Jeremiah don't was banged, banged up. up. He got in the game, but I did not see him um, – you know, get a carry or anything. I don't really know if there was a reason for that. I think it was just how the game went. Yeah, you know, I do I too. I, yeah. I think they'd like to play him more, and you'd like to get more snaps. I mean, yeah. against A and M, Auburn just didn't get didn't have many snaps. Auburn had some more. It was like sixty three, I think, is what uh, Auburn ended up with somewhere in that range. And uh, there are only so many touches, but no, he's somebody that that needs to get the ball. I yes. mean, this is that time, Brian. Hugh Freeze was saying, all right, now's the time you assess, you reassess. Mm-hmm. And now you look and and they know now they've got a pretty good idea what's, what most of these guys can do. And I think now you look at, well, if it's somebody that can help us, can make plays, we've got to figure ways to get him the ball. I think Jeremiah Cobb is one of those guys. Yep, I, I agree. That would, be, that would be something that I would be working on during the offway to get him more touches and more opportunities. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break right back with more of your phone calls as we uh, head into the final half hour of the Monday Drive. 
Rachel Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 25 minutes away from 6 o'clock, and let's get back to the uh, to the phones john is up next hey john hey guys enjoying the show i just have a couple of thoughts and a couple of questions uh first of all i disagree with a prior caller i was really happy you freeze went forward on that fourth down even though he didn't convert i think you got to be super aggressive against a, as an underdog in fact if auburn had tied the game i was hoping they'd go for two at the end just to win it right there that's exactly um, what we were talking about in the press box score go for two there's no reason wouldn't be any reason not to you got to right there. Uh, two other quick thoughts as an Auburn fan, and I'm sure Brian would agree with this and others. Um, it, and I, be, I believe in Coach Freeze, but it is very tiring waking up every Sunday after the Georgia game and what, looking at a loss. Um, Hugh Freeze has to turn this around and at least get a win every once in a while against Georgia. 15 of 18 or 16 and 19, just not acceptable. Um, one final thought and then a couple questions. I really thought the critical point in the game when, is when Auburn was up 17-10 and had, had possession, I think, near midfield. I really felt like if they put the ball in the end zone right there, Georgia's toast. But two quick questions. With the struggles in the passing game, is there any thought of maybe moving Batie or maybe some tailbacks to maybe uh, some wide receiver positions and maybe getting <laughs> John, the ball? were you listening yeah, to we us during the break? About that, yeah. No, nah, it's funny. We were just talking a couple of minutes ago with a caller about uh, Jeremiah Cobb. And I said, you know, he catches the ball well. If other guys can't, I, I feel like he would fight for the ball. Uh, I think the problem with Brian is he would – you'd sort of figure he'd be another slot guy where you've already got probably your best receivers are your slot guys. You know, it'd be – you'd like somebody who's got a little more size that you could put on the outside. And and I, I, that was just something that I was saying to Brian during the break. Yep, yep. And one final thought, um, and this has not been mentioned, I don't think, maybe it will be by in this Tuesday press conference, that any changes in the long snapper position, it's just all these high snaps are really becoming problematic. And one final thought, I heard Brian, I think, uh, post-game on the brain drain. It was very optimistic, Brian. I agree with you. The future is <laughs> bright. I'm super excited about the freeze. That's all I got, guys, if you want to respond. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, John. Uh... Let's see. Well, the snaps Saturday that were high were actually from just Avery. from Avery Jones, right. the, the center. And I think part of that had to do with the behemoth that, that yeah, he was playing I did, against. I yeah, he, he knew in those situations that he had to come off the get ball. Quick, right? Yeah, quick and get just, up. Yeah, and, just happens, man. I mean, you know. I'm, I'm sure that that is something that will be addressed. Now, one thing to keep in mind is there is no Hugh Freeze press conference this week. It's normally right. on Mondays. And right. since it's an open date, he was at the Monday Morning Quarterback Club. Next time we hear from Hugh – I would imagine we'll be Thursday night on on Tiger Well, Talk. we got him on the SEC teleconference. Oh, that's right. Wednesday. He'll be on the SEC yep. teleconference tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday. But uh, yeah, good stuff, John. And that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's great minds or whatever. I was wondering. Yeah, if he was we talked about Jeremiah there. Cobb. You know, if, if he's not going to get a lot of carries, find a, find a way to get him on the field. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've got if you've got multiple running backs that can catch the ball, and uh, you'd like to get him the ball. Maybe you find, you know, maybe you put multiple running backs on the field at one time. Use one of them, uh, you know, as a receiver in the slot or whatever. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the uh, Kia uh, is is the number. And Keith 
is up next. Hey, Keith. Hey, yeah. Um, I'm glad to see them playing competitive and, and everything, but uh, I've been kind of turned off ever since I heard uh, the press conference before the uh, Texas A&M game, you know, the lead-in about uh, all, how many recruiting classes that the next three teams has got over us and all that. I know it's true, but that's the reason he's there. And, uh, you know, uh, I know we can't win every game and all that, but uh, I'd venture to say that, you know, you give – Troy or UAB's coaches, the uh, Georgia players or the Alabama players, they they subject to beat anybody. Uh, so I mean, that being said, is you know keep improving and you know in the in the multi million dollar complex over there, and you know you got all the tools and everything else you can do, and you know it's just a convenient excuse. Sometimes I, I just. Get tired of it. We know that. We well, know, you know that what it, we, you know what it is, Keith. It's it's not as much of an excuse as it is a reminder for the players that they're trying to bring in. I think that's what it is. It's I don't I don't feel like he's saying, well, you know, here here's the reason we didn't win. I think what he's what he's doing is those seventy like kids that were in this past weekend. He's saying, you know, we need to be we need to be as talented as them. If we get you, we'll be as talented as them. And then you see what we're doing right now. Wait till we get more talent. Right. He's also yeah. using it as a motivational tool for his players. Uh, position them as underdogs. They know they, know they right. weren't all five-star Rivals 100 players or whatever, right? They, they know that. And this is a good way to motivate guys who maybe have less talent, who aren't going to be, you know, first-round draft picks to go out there and whip the guy that is, you know? That's right. But, uh, you know, also like when – Gene Stallings was playing Miami, you know, they, everybody talked about it, Miami's talent and everything, and he said, well – I know they got them all, all those good players, but I'll take my my guys. And uh, you know, uh, they their team, and you know, they I, I think they do have a lot of talent. You know, and and the uh, people didn't think the defense was going to do good, and the, the defense coach has done awesome. And uh, you know, uh, I love to see them competitive and have a chance to win. But uh, I just you know I hear that a little bit too much. And but and and it is the truth. But uh, you know, if uh, if we just going to use that as an excuse, you know. I mean, I'll wait till next year, the year after, to pay much attention to it. But uh, I, I did enjoy the game, and uh, I think that they're going to win more. And But uh, I just want to lay that out there. All right, Keith. All right, man. 334-321-1399. I think Jerry next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to say um, my goal going into the first of the year was to win six games and go to a bowl. I thought that was a realistic goal. And plus, you get a month of practice. Sure. When, and, when, yeah. yeah, by making a Absolutely. bowl. Right. And also, uh, one thing I'm a little curious about is how we use our tight ends. Uh, I mean, not using them as the, much as I thought. Maybe you know, I, I wonder if that's just sort of the system. Well, and you what know, do you think, Brian? You no, put, I think that's a really good point. They're they're not they're not being featured uh, heavily. Rivaldo is in the passing game. He's Auburn's not best even heavily pass though. catcher, but right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you look at the Auburn; they're going to double team Rivaldo. In uh, you know, I just thought about uh, you know we. We're sitting in there with no tight ends in a passing situation, 
in uh you know uh having an H back or a tight end would uh help our blocking a lot. Yeah, you're right. And, well that's that's something you know, that's 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 something that uh you know we can we can find out from Coach Freeze probably. Well, uh, you know, in Rivalto, uh, if you look at the, if you're a defensive coach for an opposing team and you look at Auburn's talent, you're going to cover Rivaldo. Yeah. I would sure think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's the prime target. Well, so, Jay, he, you know, Jay Fair, Javarius, and Rivaldo have been the three guys you could you could count on the most, no question. Well, I I was just curious about that. That's a good question. Yeah, no. We'll we'll, uh, we'll see if we we'll see if we can uh, get that question asked. All right, appreciate well, it, Jerry. Well, one thing I'd like to point out from a previous caller, you mentioned the Alabama team in '92 that you know beat this super powered Miami talented team. They, they, they had a few guys. They that, had three number one draft yeah, picks the next year. Yeah, John Copeland, Eric Curry, George Teague. That team had Antonio London. And those three guys Derek, were, were, were all over the all over Lassick, the place. Antonio Langham, who was a first round draft they pick the next year. They weren't as flashy. They yeah. weren't as flashy as Miami, but that was a very talented David team. David Palmer was on that very team. Very talented Sherman team. Sherman Williams. Palmer didn't have that kind of talent. Sam yeah. Shea. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right, well, we'll get back to the phones, and uh, Daniel is next. Hey, Daniel. Hey, gentlemen. I hope y'all are doing well today. Um, I wanted to just point out, uh, I think I think Auburn pulled home maybe not a win on the scoreboard this past weekend, but a different win. Uh, and being at the game, I looked at the recruiting section, and that thing was full. And I know uh, Bolden was there, obviously Riddick was there, um, and 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 some really good other talent. Uh, did we win? No. Were we supposed to win? Maybe not. However, we saw a highly competitive game, and what you really saw was a stadium, an atmosphere that was right there at the top of the country. And so what a recruiting trip, what a visit for some of these top-tier guys mm-hmm. for them to be able to see what it could be like with them and their name and their jersey out there on the field. So uh, I would consider this past weekend maybe not an imminent win, sure. Uh, But it really was a good weekend as far as visits and experiences, I think, for those recruits. Oh, the the show that was put on, I think, for, for the benefit of those recruits, uh, was definitely a success. Great stuff, Daniel. We, we'll get to our final break so that we can come back and get as many callers in. Dan is up first when we come back here on the Monday Drive. Mark your calendars for the City of Auburn's House.